King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the U.S. to Dubai, put pins on the map Ball is life and that's a fact And a ball is life, about that exact King and Yates, they bridging the gap From the U.S. to Dubai, put pins on the map There's a time to score and a time to assist Ain't no YN team, let the winning commence From generation to generation, game don't stop The new and old school got the game on lock It's all legendary, it's all necessary We all been all-stars before February And after that, King and Gates, after racks But really trying to get some wins, not just padding stats Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir Watch out Hold on, hold on. Right, my fault, KG. They, they, they bridging the gap. They bridging the gap. They, they. What we oh, doing? No. Shit. What we doing? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Big dog. <laughs> Season four. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. That's a loud one because we did not know that we would be here. <laughs> so let me say it now. Thank you, big dog. Thank you, thank you, thank you, because I already know how this goes. Season four, we're here, BTG Nation. You know me, young OG, Ryan Yates, A Yates on Instagram. You got the triple OG over there, JK, Jupac, Coach JK14 on Instagram. A huge presence on Instagram lately. <laughs> Posting once every 12 months. <laughs> we out there. OG, man, talking to the mic. Tell us how you feeling, man. Come on, gotta get to the mic, man. I know it's I know it's new dig. Right? I'm supposed to just, you know, give my little two cents here and there. You know what I'm saying? It's the first episode of the first, you know, for the fourth season for us. You know, and we we in the middle of the grind right now. And I'm a little, I'm a little tired, low energy, but you know, I'll pick it up as we go. AOG. You carrying everything, man. 77 right here. This is 77. 77. And now I will say this, you just mentioned, I have noticed ever since we started podcasting, there's a lot of stuff popping up in Dubai. Yeah, for sure. A lot of stuff popping up. We're definitely influencing some people. It's some people doing some things they seeing here and you know, we know the influences out here. We, a lot of you guys aren't that creative either. You're just doing a lot of copycat stuff. All okay. of you guys recording in the same place. And so bring some sauce to it. Right. If you're going to do it, do it right, man. Do it right. And so here Be we yourself. are. Be yourself. Here we are. Sometimes it's hard for some people. Sometimes it's hard for some people. But, you know, for our audio listeners, they know we wanted to add a little sauce to the to the, to the the vibe, do something a little different. Because we said we were bridging the gap. We said we would bring something that, you know, the area had never seen before. We said we would make sure that we showed us culture. And we got to stick with it. <laughs> If y'all didn't know, the last six or seven episodes last year, the audio listeners got their own little prize. Right, right. We started adding a little mix, a special mix from our guy, DJ Lee Bueller, who is live from the States right now. And we're still carrying it on with it. So, OG, without further ado, let's set the tone for season four. You are now tuned in. What we doing? Hey, what we doing? Lee Bueller. We will be here. Listen, they 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 bridging the gap. They bridging the gap. They they forever and ever and ever and ever. Forever. Do you understand? Get what I'm saying. Forever. King, do they understand? Nope. Let's just say. 
This was high energy in the club. Come on. We're bridging the gap. OG like it too. I can go back there again. Not a thousand civilized. Take the one for vilified. You can't see my sons. Like the light don't hit their side. In the function and I'm fried. It's a strive, it's not a drive. When they open wide, it's a ride, ride. Hey, hey, do not get a ticket going to work this morning. Slow <laughs> down. Slow down. Hey, King, I know you're going to love this one. Talk to me. You said you wasn't motivated for a long time. There was no inspiration out here. You and know, me and Jersey, this shit like the Super Bowl. Man, this shit done it big as the... Yeah? Hey Lee, you really did that one. You told me you was gonna come through. See, this is the Drake I like right here. Who the go? Who the go? What we doing? What we doing? Who you bitches really rooting for? Like a kid that had bad from January to November, nigga. It's just you and Cole. This that this that playlist right before the game. We got to ask our youngest what they're listening to before the game starts. Yeah. We got to check the temp. It's almost time for a live show. BTG live show. Y'all can come party with us. If you can see my face right now, it's like we looking. It's like we looking too hard into the sun. When I show up, it's motion picture, blockbuster, the goat with the golden pen, the top toucher, the spot rusher, spray the tone shit out your crop duster. Not rusher, but apply pressure to your cranium. Cole's automatic when aiming them with the boy in the status of stadium. Hey, King, man. Hey, King, man. Let me tell you. Oh, it's a cold, cold world. Huh? King, man. I almost, when I tell you this, I almost started firing the gunshots. <laughs> you know how that go. Yeah, right. They, they get it get a little crazy over there, right? And so that ain't that ain't the end of it though. I just I just got a little a little heavy on the button, so I was wondering. You know, I, I was like, is he gonna finish it like that? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Mm. I'm with the beat. I'm with the beat. You know That's what it is. You know how I am with my lyrics. You know when we listening to this. 12.30 before we hit the spot. 
You are now tuned in to the world's famous Lee Bueller. We're going, we're going back to your boy, though, because he, you ain't heard this one yet, but you're going to like this one, too. It's, it's like three years old, too. Me, me, me at the London. If you find time, we can run one. Talk about some I've heard this before from you, though. Six two, no more than nine two. You just said a word and I run through. Two texts, no reply. That's what I knew. Crazy. Circumnavigate the globe as the cash grows. Get a nigga whack like you get the grass mold. Big slime, nigga. Could hit your bitch. You can never hit mine, nigga. In my DM, they electric slide, nigga. No catfishing. This is not a fish fry, nigga. Never switch sides on my dog. Catch a contact. Hit your ride. Go to Mars. Come on. How could you come about your face and say I ain't the hardest nigga you'd have never heard? Set the tone. A verse for me is like a leopard bird. Just did the math, it's like $2,000 every word. I'm on the purge, I beat the church. I killed some niggas and I walked away from it. And I observed just how you curved and told a nigga that they got to wait for it. I know, you, I know you ain't hot to man. I'm balling on the pussy nigga like come you on. want a man. I'm I know. turning all inside the pussy like I never swear. I remember hey, this part auntie, right here from working out my guys at prep school. Yeah. And I was like, who is that? If you find time, we That's this morning. This is why we love Travis Scott, though. Because this, this is what his beats always sound like. Mm-hmm. They're like cinematic. Like, it's drama. Come on. I knew. What we doing? What we doing? To the world's famous Lee Bueller. We will be here forever. (laughs) Forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Don't play with him. (laughs) Don't play with him. You know how. Listen, they 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 bridging the gap. They bridging the gap. They they. How your energy levels feeling right now? Mm, That's a good start. We did right. Good start. We did. We did. BTG Nation. BTG Nation. We back, man. We back. We on the goal. We got a goal set. We ended the season last year with 76 episodes, and we're trying to get to 100. That's the goal for the year, to get to 100. We don't care about anything else. Whatever comes with it, comes with it. But for us to knock out 100 while we're doing what we're doing out here and to give 100, it's basically 100 moments to share with the youth. For the youth that are here that we're trying to mentor, it's 100 pages, 100 books, a hundred podcasts, whatever you want to call it, that you always can go back to. And a hundred pieces, that's a good thing to leave to the world. Right. You know, we can left something. So with that being said, you know, we got to get a little update on our baby. You guys know what it is. Hoop Mountain Dubai, Hoop Mountain DXB, Hoop Mountain that AE live here in Dubai where we are. That's our new home. OG, man, this is what, year five after the, after the, uh, the red shirt year. Going on year five because it's 20, year, yeah, 20 next next year. Start 2019. Yeah. So <clears throat> let's give them a little insight on where we at. Man, we've, it's so much, you know what I'm saying? So much positivity that uh, I don't even know where to begin. You know, we can talk about like, you know, we're at a spot now where we desperately need to bring a couple more coaches in. A couple. You know what I'm saying? To make sure we can, you know, you know, handle, um, you know, all the, the influx of new new clients. And, um, you know, the, the new programming that we're offering and stuff and um, more teams. I mean, we're, we're doing great right now. Yeah. Great. Um, you know, despite, 
you know, a lot of obstacles that we've had in the, you know, in the past and, you know, the everyday stuff, you know, we're, we're in a great place right now and the sky's the limit, man. We just got to keep going, keep grinding, keep, you know, keep working these kids out and, uh, you know, seeing the progress, man. Man, it, cause it's, it's a hell of a, <clears throat> it's a hell of a journey. It's a hell of a journey. Yeah. Um, to be in the space where we almost got to turn kids away. We have been turning kids yeah. away. And that's at, that's at every location. Yep. Because after COVID, one of our better locations became one of our least attended locations. Yep. And now since we've gotten back in a groove there, it's flooded there as well. Yep. Um, and you know, the, the beauty of it is, is that the family atmosphere we've built, mm -hmm the people around us are feeling it. So they're starting to reach out and stretch their antennas to different spots and pull in people for us. So yeah. thank you for that. Let's get let's give those people around us because man, and, and we have nothing without them. And, and definitely let's talk about, you know, or just mention that <clears throat> when our kids come to practice, our parents hang around and watch. Yes. Because they're, you know, we've had several parents say, um, we've learned a lot as well. Yes. Not in just terms of basketball, but in terms of community, you know, and, um, you know, parenting, everything, because we have a family environment yeah. and our parents want to be involved, you know. So we had the parent game last year. Now we got to have two parent games yeah. this year, one for the moms, one for the dads. Yeah. Yeah. And we got a lot of new dads. And it's it's also encouraged for our parents to stick around and watch. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, back everywhere, somebody's parents always asking why my kid doesn't play or doesn't do that. The only people that ever ask that with us are the ones that don't watch practice. Correct. And the ones that do watch practice, when they come to the games and coach <laughs> or I are yelling at their kid to do something, the parent is yelling at them to do the same thing because right. they've sat in practice yeah. for two hours and heard us say it, show them. And then do repetitions and they still did it wrong in the midst yeah. of it. But, yeah. you know, that's that's how it goes, man. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of things going on. But, hey, we're here. And so I, I got to set the tone. You know, at the end of the season last year, I always, Aunt Lisa, shout out to Aunt Lisa. She always sends me little reels and videos throughout the week that she finds interesting or motivating. And she sent me some stuff before that I think kind of sets the tone for – um, some of the topics we're going to talk about today, but it's also something that everybody hears who's around us. All the youth that are around us hears this all the time. And so um, this is a little message here. One of the here. most mind-blowing concepts I've ever discovered. The primary difference between people who succeeded at a that, very high level. always got this damn music. mediocre <laughs> lives. People who succeed focus on intention and ignore distraction. People who fail and struggle and live mediocrely, those people... They focus on distraction and ignore intention. Winners quit being distracted. What is distracted? Anything that you give attention and intention to that does not move the needle in your favor. Kobe Bryant became Kobe Bryant because he focused on intention and ignored distraction. Michael Jordan, same. This is one of the most. Now, we, we are in the land of distraction. <laughs> we sure. are in the land of distraction. And where their intention may be spoken Externally, they may say their intention is to be a great basketball player, right. to be a great this, to be a great that, right? But the distractions are what really draws their attention. I mean, just today alone, we got some kids missing camp for certain things. We got kids missing all these things. But these are kids who verbally give us a statement saying, hey, I want to be a dog. I want to be this. I want to be that. That's how we're going to set the tempo. That's how we're setting the tone for today. And so to, to jump into the topic right here, I'm going to get you with, 
it's a lot to talk about too. My my mom been hitting me for like the last two months. Like, yo, when y'all getting back in the stool, when y'all getting there, my boys hit me. She said, he says, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And um, it's hard to get to everything. So we're just going to start with some of the things that we keep an eye on, right? And so, big dog, you got the bucket hat on. So I'm going to start off with Coach Prime. Let me start off by... He caught a lot of flack for that move from Jackson State to... Uh, a power five. To power five. And they said he abandoned them. And they talk about who was ready and who wasn't. Blase, blase. You know, right now, currently, where they stand at? Um, four and three? They're four and three. Right. With, um, of course, they just had a disappointing loss. Two of them. Last weekend. Well, you know, the USC one, um, that's one where they weren't projected to win or yeah. even close. And they made it a hell of a game. Yeah. Um, they ran out of time. But uh, the Stanford loss, that's one that hurts because hurt. that's one the coaching staff knows that we're supposed to win that. Yeah. Matter of fact, I made a mistake. The Arizona win, Arizona State win, was a bad win. Yeah. That's what I meant. It felt like a loss, <laughs> but it was a bad win, which right. carried momentum into the Stanford loss. Right, right. You know, um, Coach Prime, man, you, first you talked about people being upset that he left uh, Jackson State. Well, a couple things came out. One, you didn't appreciate him. Two, you didn't work with him. So what do you expect? And it's a, you know, it's a situation where you can't be selfish because anytime someone gets an opportunity to go to a better situation where they can affect more people, you gotta go. Got and that's it. what he did, you know? Got so go. you have to appreciate that person for the time that you had him and say, hey man, we, you know, we wish you the best. Yeah, and he did bring dog. Now, between Edwards, the running back, Shador, his son, Shiloh, and of course, we know Travis Hunter and a couple of other people he brought from Jackson State. These guys have been performing. <laughs> yeah, and now, now, Coach Prime has only been a winner. Yep. Only been a winner. And so he still expects to win, yep. right? Even with the place that he got into. But they've won four games. Right. Last year, they won what, King? One. One. The year before that, somewhere like two. Yeah. Maybe they won four as, at most. Yeah. They win two more, they're bowl eligible. Correct. And this is a place where he's got 83 new players. Yeah. He hasn't gotten his time to recruit yet, but immediately the culture changes. Right. Right? But let's talk about the culture that's changed. Okay. Because it's not typically like a regular coaching culture that changes. Because everybody that coaches brings in a new expectation, right. new system, but this just changed the entire state of Colorado, the state of college football, yeah. and just the way recruiting is done and then how the players get their NILs. Right. It's um, the culture has been changed primarily because somebody coming in and actually saying what they think. A lot of coaches take jobs. You know, I've had jobs like that where there's yeah. a lot of stuff I think and I know what I want to do, but I'm not going to say it publicly. He comes out and whatever is on his mind, his heart, he's going to let you know. And sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's uh, hurtful, you know, to the kids, but at least they know where he stands. Yeah. You know, and yeah. he's honest with everybody and, and he, what he preaches every day is how he lives his life. That's how he treats everybody, whether he's on campus, at home, whatever. And so, uh, you know, the culture is just like there's an expectation for how you're going to conduct yourself each day. And we expect to win. Yeah, we're not here just to, you know, win to get five hundred. We're here to win. And King, he had Wu Tang there. I know he had the he had everybody there. He had Wayne performing. Yeah. Like 
in Colorado. And I remember all them people talking about, let's see if you can get all that participation. Da, 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 da. That athletic director knew what he was doing when he said, Coach Prime, you got the keys to do what you want when you yep. get here. Yep. And he's walking around with the Coach Prime Letterman jacket, yeah. smiling yeah. like, you saved my job for the next 15 years. <laughs> right, for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. And, you know, Coach King is Coach King is the college football expert up here. <laughs> So when we talk about it later, because we're going to start talking more about that, because we do have insight on that, and we want to introduce a little bit more of that to our, our people here and our expats that listen. Yeah. Shout out to Colin and a lot of those guys. Me and him going to watch the Penn State game coming up. Yeah, so we got to get there. So um, shout out to that. But we got to get to the foot basketball situation now, right? There's a lot going on in the NBA. There's a lot going on in the NBA. You know, <laughs> Dame Lillard to the Bucks, Blockbuster. You know, what other trades we got? We got a we got a new guy back here helping us. We ain't gonna tell y'all his real name. I'm just gonna call him Snipes. <laughs> I'm gonna call him Snipes until he can get there. But big dog, look up for look up um all the trades, all the updated trades and everything. We're gonna talk about Dame to the Bucks and what that means. So Dame to the Bucks, uh, DeAndre Aiden to Portland, um Grayson Allen. Wait, whoa, whoa, Aiden's gone? Aiden. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, Aiden is gone to Portland. Um, what's his name? Nurkic to Phoenix, along with Grayson Allen to Phoenix and Nasir Little to Phoenix. Um, Phoenix just came up, came up, and they already had Eric Gordon, um, and a few other pieces and a couple pieces they got from Brooklyn that came in, and so it's looking crazy over there. Wow, Nurkic, Nurkic is such an improvement for Aiden because he he'll fit into his role, man. You know, they got Bo Bo. They got a couple other people that fit in over there, too. Um, and so, but. Big. Big. And so, all all that, they lose, they lose Grayson Allen. And, of course, Drew Holiday goes to Boston. That's hurt. That's going to hurt. That's, that's, cool. that's hurting Milwaukee because he's an integral part of, like, the heart and soul of yeah, the team. But yeah. Boston, that's a big pickup for them. Man. Especially because they lost Marcus Smart. Yeah. And now Boston picks him up and they keep Chris that butt. Boston did lose Robert Williams. Oh, that was that's that's big. That's yeah, monster. Yeah, that's monster. Can't lose him. But the thing is with him, and you look at it, is that he was injury prone too. So you, you look at it, you might have said you paid forty games with him, forty games without him. I mean, like you still got to where you got. And so if you if you're not sure he's gonna be there, because they traded Brogdon away too. Malcolm Brogdon went to Portland, mm. right? And so Portland got a pretty good squad to go around them young bucks over there to help them grow. Right? But you can't get rid of. Can't get rid of the young guy. Well, I know he's injury prone, but you don't have a replacement for him. Yeah, they're gonna have to go fishing. They're gonna have to go fishing. But this is this is where we start talking about the U.S. landscape of grassroots basketball mm -hmm. not grooming bigs. Right. We saw it in FIBA because Jaron Jackson soft as hell. <laughs> they couldn't get it, but we don't have many options of bigs. Right. Not because we don't have big bodies. Right. But we don't utilize them anymore. We don't value them anymore because everybody's copycat. Right. And now look at us. When we need size around, we don't have anybody that's versatile or that's been taught how to do back to the basket, score within 15 feet. And then you can still pick and pop. Right. Guys, big, big guys the last 10 years have been losing jobs where they typically would be millionaires because they're not getting picked up because they're not valued. And they're not valued because they're out there doing stuff that they can't do at a high level on a on a consistent basis. And so you know it's a disservice to to our bigs, it's a disservice to our basketball. And um, you know, it'll it'll come back you, you know eventually. 
But it's just, um, you know, we, we definitely have to stop being a copycat. Man, yeah, and we say that all the time. But with that being said, with understanding the balance of powers now, with Dame in the East, um, you know, with Philly having this trouble, uh, Miami couldn't get Dame, you know, um, Boston getting this upgrades, and then in the West Coast, you know, obviously the Nuggets, yep. but they lost Jeff Green and Bruce Brown. Oh yeah, they lost. Obviously, I've been completely away from yeah. this stuff, man. Yeah. So they lost Jeff Green and Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown went to Indiana for more money. More, more money, okay. Got Jeff it. Green went to Houston. So Jeff Green, Dylan Brooks, and Fred VanVleet got added to that Houston team. Yeah, so that changes. And you know, Houston, they also got rid of Kevin Porter Jr. as of last night. Oh, because of the, the of course. Even though his girl, he just got a couple counts dropped, and then the young lady came out and said that a lot of those claims were false. The damage is done. Yeah. Because he already had too many chances. Yeah, too many chances. And it's sad because that boy got game. That boy got game. But they got some rookies that they snagged in. And so, you know me. I'm calling it right here. Lakers and six against anybody. We're going to get another ring. <laughs> only if, only if. <laughs> only if the same thing I've said the last four seasons, <laughs> only if Anthony Davis gives us an MVP year in the all defensive type of stuff. So you got to play at least 65 games. <laughs> I know. I know. 65, 65. That's what I'm going with. Cause I love our team. I love our team. I love the Jackson Hayes pickup. We were signed everybody we got from the trade. We picked up Gabe Vincent. We picked up Christian Wood. And then we also picked up Cam Reddish and um, Torian Prince. So we like, and then our rookies got better. Our rookies from the last two seasons and stuff, they got a lot better. And we got depth. So I'm like, hmm, we got a chance. And we got continuity now. And so I'm looking for us to be top three in the West and get back to championship caliber, right? But I can't lie. Phoenix scares the hell out of me. Yeah, Phoenix is tough now. Phoenix is crazy. Phoenix is crazy. So what you got, what you what you seeing right now? Without your without your input or your you know little investigation that you've done, what you saying so far? The East is the same usual suspect. You know, you got Miami's still gonna be a threat. They didn't get Dame, but they're gonna be a threat. But Boston and Milwaukee, one of those two will come out the East. Philly is done. They're done. They're We'll, not, we'll, we'll get to Philly for sure. Embiid is not going to play with the same passions because he's not going to be happy. West, Nuggets, and uh, Phoenix for sure in the mix. And Lakers, if, Lakers are always in the mix if AD plays the right way. Plays the right way. That's it, you know. Those three, man. But that's the – so now the, one of the things we talked about too was who's going to handle the rock for um, Phoenix. Phoenix. Now, one of the things about Phoenix that was pretty cool and I got to catch on to as I watched the stuff is that towards the end of last year, like last 40 games, D-Book had the ball in his hands and he was initiating the offense. Right. And then through those two years that he was with CP, CP was teaching him how to play off the ball and on the ball and still be able to get his space. And I've been watching the preseason and the reads he's been making off the screens. Mm -hmm. D book gonna have a hell of a year, <laughs> and D book and Paul George been been having a little spat, and they say there's smoke when they see each other, mm. like a little personal beef about what? Because D book a real killer, and um, you know you remember him and him and Clay had a little rift during the season, 
and Clay was on PG's podcast. PG asked him about it or whatever. Um, and I guess D Book felt like he was trying to bait him into saying something. Oh, and D yeah. Book said something. And so PG got on a Taylor Rooks show. You know, whenever dudes get in front of Taylor Rooks, they start talking crazy. <laughs> and she, you know what I'm saying? So he said, I don't know what they took it personal, but you know, he said what he said. So it's up when I see him. That's what that's what Paul George said. Come on. I'll tell you this. You mean pandemic P Listen, or I, I, I'm taking off. I, I think the real killer in the room is Devin Booker. Now you know how much of a fan I am of of Paul George's game. That's your guy. Devin Booker is a killer though. Right, right. I think it's a difference. I think it's a real difference in that. And so it's gonna be fun to see. But I'm watching him and I'm and and then I'm thinking about the fact that somebody who led the league in scoring is gonna have the third best defender on him every night <laughs> in Bradley Bill. <laughs> like like he just made somebody fall last night in preseason. Cause, it, Cause they had somebody that don't normally play defense have, having to guard him. Cause who gonna guard Book? Who gonna guard KD? Right. It's gonna be crazy. Mm. It's gonna be interesting to see how um, Bradley Beal plays once it gets down to the wire, though. Because you know, in Washington he's playing with house money. Yeah. Now everything counts. Shit, what's more than house money? <laughs> hey, man, that shit ain't right out there. Man, I, I talk to my bro all the time, and I'm going to say this to anybody that's listening. If you are a Wizards fan, nobody will blame you if you jump ship. Save yourself. You know, I, this is coming from a 20-plus-year-long Cowboy fan. I ain't watched a game of football since 2016. <laughs> <laughs> and my life has been less stressful, <laughs> less stressful. And I'm watching all my friends as football fans and Cowboys fans go crazy right now because of how Dak is playing. <laughs> Same thing with DC. You know what you're going to get from the Wizards. Yeah, It ain't happening, man. Just let it go, right? And so you mentioned the Clippers earlier, and you mentioned the Sixers, and you said the Sixers is just done for. Done. Why are they done? Their star is going to be disgruntled. You know what I'm saying? He, think about it. He's, and he's the second star now. He's a guy that's, already, you know, he's dealt with injuries. He's dealt with immaturity. Um, you know, he's, he's dealt with being in shape. He finally comes through, has, you know, has a good run. And then the other guy just decides to flake off on it. Yeah. So, you know, he's thinking, like, what what is management doing right now? What are you going to do to put me in a situation where we have a chance. After, after losing Jimmy Butler. Yep, after losing Jimmy Butler. And that's somebody that Embiid wanted bad. Right. And now you got Harden who, as I said before, and King, you and I have had private conversations and i said it multiple <laughs> times. The scrutiny and fact that Russell Westbrook, Kyrie Irving guy, as players and as people, people, and they always, no matter what, when it was time to play, if they were there to play, they were showing up. Right. Now, when when Kyrie didn't come and didn't come to work, however you may have felt about it, it didn't have anything to do with him not getting his way as a player. He was taking a political stance. He was taking a personal stance. But whether we agree with it or not, it was bigger than the yeah. moment in the space. I'll say it. Yeah. He never had a donut. Yeah. That, that's all. <laughs> he never had a donut. That's never. When he, when he showed up to the gym, yeah, you knew he was there. He was there. Russell Westbrook had issues with playing styles, but never effort. No, yeah. He never there. never effort. He was always he there. Something. All of his teammates all this, always said the same thing. He worked his ass off. It was just bad fit. Yeah. Right? 
But you can't look at his legacy and be like, yo, this motherfucker wasn't this, wasn't that, la, 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 la. He's always there. He never quit on his team. Never. Never. Now, Houston, you're the man in Houston. Right. You're not getting what you want. I don't know if it's extension or whatever. You force your way out of there. Not only do you force your way out of there, you force your way to Brooklyn. <laughs> With Kevin Durant, and later comes Kyrie Irving, right? Situations get a little, uh, 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 You force your way out of there midway through. <laughs> Say, I need a chance to win. Right. Where do you go? Philly. With Embiid. Two best big men in the world, Joker and Embiid. Most dominant is Embiid. You don't have a better pairing like that. Who else gets to play in their career, right? They get to play with Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook again, KD again, Kyrie Irving again, and now Joel Embiid. Right. <laughs> Who gets to play with that? Right, right. And force your way out. Every time. Every time. And then complain about what you're not getting or what you are getting. Right. Now you want to force your way out again to get to L.A., to the Clippers. I don't know, King, if you can show me something or point me to something. Because, you know, sometimes I see things one way and you got to open up the box for me. What is it about cl cl the Clippers that's saying, if I go there, we're going to win? You seen Paul George and, and you know, um, what's his name? Kawhi. Uh, Kawhi. He's thinking that I can be that missing piece, you know? Yeah. I, you know, and don't get it twisted. He's also looking for a space where he can finish up his career too. And what you know, yeah. everybody wants to be in LA because yeah. Houston already turned him down. Yeah, because he wanted to go back there. Yeah, he wanted to get. He wanted to be a map. He wanted to be a leading scorer in the league. That's what. He, that's what he said. So. That's what he said. I don't get it though. I, I can't. I can't see that being um, a good matchup. Like not. Not even a little bit. Like, listen, whoa. man. If, if you are a GM and you get a call from James Harden's um, agent and you take that call, something's wrong with you. Yeah. Something's wrong with you at this point in yeah. your career. Yeah. They say they got to trade him though. Because the way you say that, they, he, I think he has to play, right? Because if he don't play, then he got to end. They say to his credit, he's shown up and he's he's gotten busy. He's gotten busy in training camp. He looks good, looks in shape, everything professional. He's and, not. And, it's and, just and she should be. That should be because he, you know, the way he got out of Houston, he showed up overweight and got hurt when he went to Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah, right. yep, yeah. And so uh, it's gonna be interesting. I think I'm tired of seeing it. You know, I don't know what it is you're trying to like. What more could you ask for, my boy? If you just lock in where you at, you you know, you solid. There are also rumors because they signed Kelly Oubre. And, you know, there are rumors that Kelly Oubre took his girl from his birthday party in Houston. Oh. And so now they teammates, and they said Daryl Morey did it on purpose because he know. He knew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot of extra stuff. <laughs> we never talk about it, but those NBA locker rooms get crazy. If you've ever been in the locker room, period, <laughs> you know how wild it gets. Right. And think about how an NBA locker room would get. It gets crazy. But, um, you know, the Nuggets talking about they want to go for three or four titles. I don't know, big dog. We say a lot. We say a lot. We 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 believe a lot. We dream a lot, but uh, that ain't happening. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Not losing those two pieces for sure. Yeah, those two pieces hurt. We lost, mm. but that's what made. Don't get don't get me wrong. Joker is a monster, but what made them 
so tough to beat was the supporting cast. Yes. Yes. The supporting cast showed up, man. You know, you know, uh, the dude, the, the guy that was traded from Orlando came in and played a hell of a role. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and then Jeff Green, I mean, just you couldn't make up, you can't account for that. Yeah. As a coach, you know that Joker's gonna do his. We can't, we, he's gonna do a triple double. We know Murray. we know Murray's gonna get busy. But the mother dude stepped up. You have no game plan for that. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't have too much to say about them. I think their window is their window. Um, I think they did a, a great job of seizing it, right? Because you no matter what you say about what you want to do in the future, you gotta take care of what's in front of you now. Yeah. And it ain't no telling what's gonna happen later for them to get this spot right. Cause there a lot of injuries happen, yeah. right? For just for the Heat to get to where they got to. And then the the Lakers ended up being the team we they played in the Western Conference Finals. And you know, there was a, our Lake our Lake Show was a completely different team from the season that started, right? Yeah. Um now what I think is a more intriguing topic right now in the league, and we would be remiss if we don't bring this up, right? Now we take it across the water, right? Wimbenyeya, Victor Wimbenyeya. French cat, he's man, he's here. Man, I should respect to say his name. Yeah, right, yeah. I don't know. It's Wimby. Is everybody else to say Wimby? Wimby I think Yamba. I said it right though. Isn't it Wimby Yamba? Oh, it's Wimby Yamba. Yeah, okay, man. all right, man. The French cat picking the draft. Yeah, man. yeah. My, my bad. I saw him with like a, a purple hairdo the other day, and it threw me off. Right, <laughs> but we saw summer league. Summer league, he didn't look too hot the first couple of times, and he was he was brutally honest. I did like that about him. Um, but he had another, he had a big game, then they shut him down. Um, preseason, he played against Chet. You know, Chet had 21, he had 18, he okay. had some, some good moves. He had a couple moves in the next preseason joint where he came downhill across half court, in and out cross to the screen and roll. The fallback man, the guy who was floating came, he gave him a cross to the left, stepped back and pulled up. Now, when I'm watching the move, I'm watching to see if he's gonna trip or if he look awkward. He did, he was moving different, King. <laughs> he was moving different. I give him that. I still think that they over they're over um selling him as the best prospect ever. But the dude do look like he's gonna be a killer. He looks like he's gonna be something. And it looks and we also know that he's gonna get managed properly. Yeah, he's in San Antonio. He's going to be in the right space. You ain't going to see him on the box too much. You ain't going to see him doing too much. And so it's going to be interesting to see how that works. And I say that because we had a big FIBA conversation this summer. <laughs> you know, everybody talk about world champions this and USA that. Because we didn't even place. We didn't even medal um, in the in the World Cup here. But what do you, how do you feel about the, the, the well, USA first, USA basketball as a whole? Because it's all, different. First of all, it, it, anybody that's outside the U.S. that takes that personally, that the NBA calls itself world champions, everybody knows it's not literal. Yeah. You know, it's just, just something that they say. But when you really pull back the covers, it's the best players in the world in that league playing for a championship. And therefore, if they win, then you probably you could say that you are world champion. Now, are you because you you didn't get a chance to beat the best team in France or or Italy or or uh, or whatever Spain or whatever? But you could you could see why they would say that the world champs. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And then you know, <clears throat> people say, okay, the summer. Look what happened. Come on, man. Our guys weren't there. And then the guys that we had there. How can I say this? 
for anybody who makes $20 million a year playing in one particular league that's 82 games a season, it's hard. It's hard to get you to go play during your off time in a, in a, in a game that's going to be meaningless to you down the road. Like that's just how it is, man. I think we I think people need a history lesson too. Right. Because USA basketball operates different than how the other countries may put together their national teams. Right. And so you gave me, you had to give me the breakdown before the um Jordan doc came out and everything. But USA basketball, that is is first of all, it's a separate organization. Right. It's his own entity. Somebody else works that. Like nobody from the NBA is obligated to go there. But USA basketball is supposed to be a developmental program for our youth, correct? It used to be college kids only. Yeah. And so, like, can you kind of talk about how that landscape was and then why it ended up changing? So USA basketball used to be our college kids. And, you know, they started um the rest of the world started playing a little bit better. And then we lost a couple. And it was like, well, you guys are playing your professionals against our college kids. And so that's when they brought in the dream team, Jordan and those guys, just to show everybody that if we bring our real guys, that you don't have a chance. Yeah. And what we should have done was after dream team one, two, we should just shut it down and just go on back to yeah. playing our college kids just because so we can develop those guys. But, you know, it's, you know, it's just um, how people look at things. You know, what do you want to do personally, professionally? If you play in the NBA, you're not going to concern yourself with playing in these FIBA championship games just because it's not paying your, it's not paying your mortgage. Yeah. It's not, it's not providing for your family and it's taking away from your main objective, which is playing in the NBA. Because if we sit, first of all, other countries – most of them force their guys to play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that that's not the case with the NBA because, like you said, it's two different entities. So our guys have to want to play. Yeah. And so if they don't want to play, then we end up taking our well, fourth level, fifth level guys, you know, because the guys who went, don't get me wrong, those guys can play, um, especially Anthony Edwards. He's now, a monster. Now, this, this but, brings me to my other point because we still should have won. For sure. Right? Because Germany ended up winning, correct? Yep. And we beat Germany because they beat them here in Abu Dhabi, right? And that's when Anthony Edwards went off. Yeah. Now, let's go to another point. Man, no, 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 stop. Let me let me go. Steve Kirk. No, 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 no. Hold oh. before we do that. Man, stop with all this stuff with Germany winning. And, oh. and because your starting point guard and the best player on the floor was uh, Schroeder. Think about that now. Wagner too, both the Wagner brothers. But think about that. That was your best guy on the floor. So that tells you yeah. right there that it's not even a comparison yeah. to NBA talent yeah. overall to international. It's just not even comparison. Yeah. You're not taking the Denver Nuggets won the championship. So you're not taking the Denver Nuggets and playing the top team from, from France. To, come on, man, stop. Yeah. It's not, that's not, it's not even close. But, but let me go back to the USA losing, right? Now you said this before and you know, I've had these talks with my guys in group chat. Who was coaching them, Coach? Steve Kerr. Now, we've said it before that we think Steve Kerr is overrated as a coach. We think that he may be a, an okay coach, a solid coach, but he is a coach whose legacy has really been blessed by circumstance. 
right? And we've, we've been seeing it, and people are starting to see it that are Warriors fans with rotations and how people are developing and everything else. Now, the one of the first headlines that came out during the USA camp was that he was going to bring Anthony Edwards off the bench. That's crazy. That was one of the first things he said, right? Um, and and then watching the rotations and things, because we had a problem rebounding. We had the big West, uh, big dude, big white dude from the Utah Jazz, big dude, who didn't play that much. And he didn't even play with Bobby Porters or with Jaron Jackson. He was doing a lot of that small ball stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's where we'll look at like, okay, we didn't bring our top guys. But maybe Lou or Spolstra should have been the head coach there because things look a little different when you got a leadership that really, really, really know how to work with whatever is handed to them. Right. That's the thing. Like, I think Steve Kerr is a good coach. Now, is can you say he's a great coach? We, we're looking at it right now. You know what I'm saying? Because like you said, like getting a chance to coach the Warriors – you can experiment with all types of shit and be okay. Yeah. Just because they had so much talent. But, you know, some of the other guys, they've had to coach with what they got. And this was a great opportunity for him to to step up and, you know, and and get us in a better situation um, you know, this past summer. But uh, you know, you gotta play those guys. And listen, I before you even you even think about the first um USA team practice, Anthony Edwards ain't coming off the bench. Come on, so, man. Like they Come on, man. Don't even say anything like that. Yeah, and, and look, he told Ant, he said something about, you know, D-Wade came off the bench because Kobe can start. And he said, ain't no Kobe here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's different, right? Yeah. And so, but but that just shows a little something. So, that's interesting. So, all the people who started barking from different parts of the world, yeah. since you've barked, this is who you've woken up, okay? Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Jason Tatum, Draymond Green. Stop. That's Devin, hold on. I ain't done, though. Devin yeah. Booker, Damian Lillard, Bradley Bill, Kyrie Irving, Paul George, Kawhi, Bam, DeRozan, Levine. Come on. And Joel Embiid has chosen to get the U.S. passport over the French passport and said he will play in the U, for the U.S. in the Olympics. So, <laughs> and, and so now here we, what are we doing? Now here we go with this <laughs> shit, right? So if those if those cats play, yeah, and they're playing against Germany, and Germany started point guard Schroeder. Like, who wants to go to the Olympics to see that? You, this is what you do. I got my boys going next year to see it, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's you know he's got to take his wife, um, you know my boy Debo Shante. Shout out to y'all. They go on over there. They got to pay all this money to go see the Olympics. Nobody want to see that shit. <laughs> you work all your life to, to go to the Olympics. See, she's you don't want to see. Them, see you don't want to see them win some a game by 50 points. Yeah. Now, like you said, now you're going to get what you asked for. Hey, hey, look, and I can't wait. And I ain't even named like Donovan Mitchell or none of that. Cause you guys, man, it's, hey. Stop playing with me with hey, this shit. Hey, did you know 2028 was going to be in LA? No, I didn't. I saw something that said 2028 LA Olympics. Okay. I don't know if it's like one of them other little games things, but you can fact check me on that right there. Um, but it looks like it's going to be in LA. And so, but it's going to be interesting. You know, it's barking. You know, Joel Embiid got the French Nationals upset because he ain't, he ain't get the passport. He got the passport, but he decided to play for the US. Hey, man, look. Hey, hey. So he said, my son is American, so I'm a good <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. I mean, but think about it though, right? So, would they really be upset if he wasn't Joel Embiid? Come on. 
You know what I'm saying? That, that's my thing. And would they even give him the yeah. passport if he wasn't Jordan B? You know, yeah. So, you know, let him play. You know? Because, you know, it's interesting. And sometimes they bring up this topic about, um, you know, all the best players and stuff. A lot of times the European countries try to take credit for African-born yeah. players. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, Jordan B is from Cameroon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Giannis is Nigerian. Yeah. I think Schroeder might be Nigerian or something like that. Yeah, like, that, that's, like, so, like Gambia and all yeah. those things. But the thing is, is that Africa is a continent, not a country. Right. So you can't say that all these players are going to represent Africa. Right. Like, hell nah, they'll be in trouble. Right. <laughs> yeah, but they ain't even European. Like, y'all taking credit for this, man. Listen, man, even, even a lot of the Canadian players who've been good over the past few years, man, all their dads are African-American. Yeah, yeah. Cast yeah. from Australia. Every- uh, Andrew Wiggins, Pops, all them, yeah. all them dudes. You know, and so it's okay. You represent your country, for yeah. sure. But, I mean, you know, we have to, you know. Give it a buck. Yeah, we have to be honest. And let's be real, right? Let's say my son Rashad, right? Let's say 15 years from now he grow up and he is stuck, right? UAE going to try to claim, or Philippines, because he can, he can get, well, they're going to try to claim something. Let's give it a buck. Yeah. That foundation is set mm-hmm. <laughs> from the states. Like that foundation is set from the states. The mental, everything we know, where we pull our knowledge from is how we know it goes in the states. It ain't no UAE bred basketball player, right? But we'll surely take it. We'll, sure. go, we'll go sit with the shake and have a have some cutter. <laughs> We're gonna do all that. But you know, that's how it works. But um that that brings us to um kind of the the youth part of all this, right? Uh, we talked about development, and we always talk about development. We talk about where we are, who mountain. Um, and, you know, we've, we've started to add new things, right? right? We've started to open the door to new things. Um, we were able to help a young man from Kuwait get to Georgetown University. Uh, Shout out to that young man. Um, he's a preferred walk on there. Um, hopefully he handles his business. We've done our job to help him get there. Um, and so we give him full support and always has full support. But it's opened up opportunities for young men and, and young women alike too. If you listen to this, we help any and everybody, right? Um, but within that space is a lot of mentorship that has to happen. And we talk about it all the time as coaches. We talk about our family atmosphere. Um, I saw a quote from one of my guys back home. He reposted it on, on Twitter, on Instagram, I'm sorry. And um, it was just so, so relevant, right? And so, so many younger coaches want to solidify their reputation by working with, quote unquote, the best players, the best or whatever. One of the greatest ways to really show if you can make someone better is to take on rookies, rejects, and renegades and help those guys figure it out. And now me being from that culture and me being from the tree of you, Uncle Roland, Team Takeover, Coach Keith, Coach Vest, um, Coach Honore, those people in different places, I know what it means to really take on those rejects, those rookies, those renegades. That don't have nothing to do with drills and skills. They have everything to do with the complete molding of a young man or a young woman, right? And so, um, kind of let's let's kind of talk about the state of the world, especially where we are as expats in this type of environment, and how 
there's an importance for mentorship and how we need to kind of put an emphasis on it as a community around. I mean, here is almost like being back in the States as well. Like there's a lot of people um, leading young men and young women, um, you know, in their dream of pursuing basketball, but they're not really invested in that player outside of basketball. Yeah. And, and, you know, if that player is not an, you know, a great talent, there's no way that player is ever going to evolve into a better player if you don't invest in that player. And, you know, and you invest in somebody with time, energy, you know, and um, passion and understanding, you know, and um, there, there's just not a lot of coaches that are willing to do that because they may be into this based on <clears throat> just as a job um, or they may be some people get burned out. Um, but typically if you get burned out, you regroup, you come back. Yeah. That's just, it, yeah. cause it's in your DNA. Um, and some people don't know how to, to mentor kids off the court, you know, and, and we, we see it every day where we have kids that come from other places that are surprised at some of the things that we do on a day to day basis. Um, you know, and and that surprises us because we're like, that's just something we do. Yeah. You know, in terms of like, I give you an example. You know, just well, why did you miss practice last week? Oh, because I had a piano performance. What you play the piano? Yeah. We, yeah. You didn't tell us. Send us the video. Tell us. Send us the video so we can post it. You know, and and, and promote you, and you know, send us a schedule so now we can we can work around your piano so you don't miss any basketball. Don't miss that. And we can come support you when, whenever possible, because this is a community, you know, because the, some of the, the lessons we teach for basketball go beyond basketball. They go into life and other, you know, activities. And so, you know, doing those little things, are they exhausting? Yes. But you do what you can do when you can do it. And um, that's just something we do on a regular basis. I know that you do it because it's been instilled in you because that's what I did. Yeah. That's what Coach Thomas did, you know, and Coach Jones did. Coach, hey, you know, and um, that's just a part of being a basketball coach. Man, I and <laughs> I still take something so personal, like even in a competitive way, when I see what other coaches do and how they treat players. Right. right? Like I even like there's some coaches that I generally have a disdain for around here <laughs> because of that, right? And keep it in place because some of these guys didn't really play. They didn't play at all, or they didn't play anything significant. So they don't really understand what it feels like to have your dreams, like your hopes, your dreams, everything inside of you as a young kid to feel like, hey, if I don't get this and I fall short of this, like, what the hell am I going to do? And they might be doing everything they can to get everything out of you for the benefit of their space, for the benefit of their company, but they're not doing anything that's going to help you in the long run. They're not doing anything that's really going to make you a better player. They're letting you carry on with the same old habits as long as it's getting them a championship or something here. Or they're just using that power as a coach to just completely break you down as a kid. Because they don't already have what it takes to be a star, right? If right. they aren't already big time or if they aren't already good, they don't want to take the time to invest in you. Right. And so then they treat you differently. Right. But man, you don't know what it feels like to be at home feeling like, hey, I feel like I am 
good enough. I just need somebody to help me. Yeah. Or, or, or you just don't want to feel like an outcast. Yeah. You don't want to be at practice and you're on one one end of the court and you're everybody next to you are of lesser talent than people on the other court. Yeah. And so, you know, the thing is, it's one thing to do that if the coaches are showing everybody equal love and they're, right. they're bringing you along at your pace. But you got to treat everybody the same. Yep. That just, will everybody be treated equally? Mm, probably not because this is sports. But everybody should be treated fair. Yeah. And that's just. It's a respect there. Yeah. Like you can respect everybody the same. <laughs> and even the people that play basketball is not, is not some like some secret. Even your players know who the top dog is on the squad. Yeah. Right? Like they know like, yo, like you're going to take us to the spot. You got to take us there. And they cool with that because it's a pecking order with everything. That's just the way it is with athletics. Right? But man, like some, like these kids, you really got to, there's some kids that play with us that they know that they don't have a future in basketball. But the reason why they keep coming back is because we may know that too, but we know that they can get better at it. Correct. And they can get better within their space and we push them to what that space is. And then we tell them how they can use what we're teaching them to help them if they want to be a pastry chef. Yep. yep. <laughs> to help them if they want to be an engineer here or to do this and do that. And we can't skip over those lessons because yep. it's a small group of kids that's going to play college. And there's an even smaller group of kids that's going to go on to be professionals. Yep. And we got to make sure that all of those kids got what they need to live and be productive on those space, man. So, um, and then from my perspective, as somebody who now has a family, and I gotta, I give a lot to other kids, right? And still gotta make sure I come home and don't like give my family, my son and my wife, just a little bit of what's left in the tank, yep. right? That is, as you said, their burnout space, right? That'll come around even quicker. Right. But what I do appreciate is that we have really great families. Yep. And so they understand the space when you might be like, yo, we we ain't doing nothing this week. We gotta just get away. Yep. And they be like, Yeah, you guys deserve it. Yep. Right. Or they'll come with something and be like, Hey, you know, here's a is a free movie on us or or whatever it is like that. That's that's something that we appreciate too. Right. And that's something where it's a boomerang effect. What we give is just coming back to us. Because <laughs> yep. it's just naturally done that way. And so um, make sure you keep going like that. If you're a coach, hold on, hold on your part of the bargain, my dog. Like, take care of these youth, man. They're here for that. But hey, episode one, we wasn't sure how we was gonna get here, but we got it. <laughs> we got it. We got it. We got it. Listen, they 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 bridging the gap. They bridging the gap. They, they yeah, sir. And you guys know how we always end the pod. You know, we always end it with a little post game wrap up. Yep. You know. Um, I got one. I got mine from I got mine from Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Right? It fits in right in theme with everything. And so I don't know the cadence he hit with this. I can't remember the song. <laughs> I think it might be from the heart part four, maybe, but it goes, I know if I'm generous at the heart, I don't need recognition. The way I'm rewarded, well, that's God's decision. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have said it better. Right. Right. right because we talked about it earlier too. There's a lot of people that may do stuff and don't want anybody to see it, yep. right? Because there are, there are a lot of things that we do behind the scenes that we don't share, yep. right? And it doesn't matter if anybody sees it and we're gonna get, right? But there's only one person that need to see it, me 
person I give it to, and then we let God take care of everything else. Sure. And so yep. that's what I'm wrapping it up with. Right. I, I know if I'm generous at heart, I don't need recognition. The way I'm rewarded, well, that's God's decision. Yeah. I need to put that on my wall. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, for me, it's um, <laughs> it's a little pertaining to uh, what's been going on in the news, a hot topic in this it's around college football. This is um, about Mel Tucker from Michigan State. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So, man, got <laughs> So there's a lot of there's a lot of he's you know a lot of hearsay about what actually happened. His side of the story, her side of the story, we may never know. But I can say that his he lost his head coaching job at a Power Five school and eighty million dollars, right? And potentially his family, Ooh. right? And so my thing is like a couple of things. <laughs> Number one is keep your personal life personal. Damn, you know what damn. I mean? Keep your personal life personal. What you do in your personal life, you don't need to share that with everybody. You know what I mean? And in his particular case, he needed to make sure he didn't, you know, as we say, don't crap where you eat. You know what I mean? And so the Go thing is, like, don't shit where you yeah, eat, Yeah, don't man. shit where you eat. You know, and, and the thing is, like, just understand it's, oh, of course, there's man. temptations out there, and we all make mistakes, but you have to understand, look at the big picture. There's more at stake than just your own personal well-being. You know, we're talking about future future head coaches, you know, that are African-American. We're talking about your children, what? your family, and just in general, like, um, people working with schools that are working with people in high authoritative positions that are being being preyed upon sometimes. You know what I mean? So there's a lot at stake here. And um, you're a high-profile person. You got to understand the job that you have. Uh, it's more than just the nine to five every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So keep your personal life personal. Yeah. See, that that also it just popped in. Humility. Like, I, I, I don't always like the idea of somebody telling somebody else, yo, be humble, be humble, because... At some points, you may look at it like, why are you so brazen about me being humble? Like, are you intimidated by my confidence? But when you get to a certain space of power, recognition, control, success, you need something to keep you level-headed and grounded. So you can always remember what is at stake if you mess up and where you're going to go back to <laughs> if you go too far. Because sometimes you get to that space where you're on top of the world, you feel invincible. And you think, hey man, I'm 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 big dog at state. I didn't got eighty meal. I didn't did this and that. Like, can't touch me. Sometimes you lose sense of reality. I'm yeah, telling you, it's I, real. It's real. You know, you get it's that real. kind of money, that kind of power. Yeah, it, it happens, man. Yeah, and so it's tough. Don't worry. When we get the money, we ain't gonna change too much. <laughs> Just the phone number. <laughs> There's a phone number. It's a little less Instagram, but BTG Nation, you know what it is. Young OG here. Episode 77, season four, episode one. As always, keep it real, keep it simple, and keep player and coach, the brother to brother. They both got views that you need to discover. From sports, current events to just life talk. Whether you on a fast break or a nice walk, gotta tune in. You already know, G. This BTG Nation, and you wanted to home me. Just tune in. You already know, G. BTG Nation, the other ones in the nosebleeds.